Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning and welcome to Life Change And we're so excited you're here as we are officially in the Christmas season. As you walked in, you saw Christmas stuff everywhere, right? So just want to say a huge thanks to, we had an amazing team that came here at 9 a.m. yesterday that put up all these Christmas uh, ornaments, all these uh, fun Christmas decorations, and we were actually done within an hour because we had an amazing team. So huge thank you to all those. And now just a huge plea for all you ball humbuggers. At the end of this month, we're going to take all these down. This is where you get to show up, right? And you get to live it out. Like, dude, we're taking all this down now. No, just a joke. But hey, we are excited. Uh, you're here. And uh, just a couple quick announcements. As you heard Caleb say, we do have the giving tree. Now, I will say this about the giving tree. Right now, you'll have you'll see these uh, pieces of paper on the tree. I'm going to tell you this. Take a picture of it. Right. So when you grab yours, when you grab the, the kid that you're going to uh, supply Christmas for, take a picture of it. We don't have copies of these, so if you text me and say, hey, I lost mine, well, you just, you just let a kid down, right? So take a picture of it. We'll just be, be real. Take a picture of it, and then uh, what you're going to do is uh, the bulletin actually lies, so you're not going to actually be uh, wrapping it. You can bring it back in a bag and then bring back uh, this piece of paper, this uh, information card with that bag when you bring it back, and it has to be back by December 15th, so make sure you bring it back. And if you did by chance lose it, but you were smart and you took a picture of it, you can just kind of make your one as close to this as possible. So just got a quick note on that. And then one other quick announcement. Um, if you remember, we started a Saturday night service back in uh, September. And one of the pars- reasons we did this was to help uh, alleviate some pressure from uh, really the kids' life and uh, what we were Kids' life was growing, so we're trying to alleviate a lot of pressure on that. And then um, what has happened, though, is it has not alleviated any pressure whatsoever. So we still have tons of kids here, and then the kids are not showing up Saturday nights. So we are actually going to be canceling the Saturday night service. And um, what's cool, though, is our Kids' Life team and Bridget, the director of our Kids' Life, and Caleb, director of Student Life, have collaborated together to work out a solution to this. So you'll see from now on, if there's a parent corner in there, you can find information about where kids go. But in the second service, ages 4th through 6th, will now be going out to the garage. There's a bigger room there to give them a, a better space to connect and grow closer to God. So they'll be out, 4th through 6th will be out in the garage, second service, every single Sunday from now on. And then uh, the youth will meet every other Sunday in more of a small graph format and a, another room out there as well. So just a, just a heads up on that. So last next Saturday will be the last Saturday service. So just so you know. So yeah, we'll jump in though. We are right now, we're in the series entitled Overcomer. And uh, we've been jumping in and we've been talking about how God has called us all to be an overcomer. And really it's our identity in Christ. We've been talking about how we overcome apathy, how we overcome labels and lies and the, the labels and lies that have been spoken over to us that sometimes we carry and hold on to. And we talked about how we overcome comparison. And really what we've learned in the midst of all this is that if we call ourselves an overcomer, we're not going to be free from obstacles. Right? We're not going to be free from, from problems. We're not going to be free from issues. But an overcomer is one that faces obstacles head on and deals with them with success. Right? An overcomer is someone who is de- defeats opposition. An overcomer is someone who prevails against an obstacle. And understand this. This isn't what we do. 
This is who we are through Christ. Again, this is our identity. You don't walk away with anything. We want you to walk away with this today. Through Christ, you are an overcomer. Through Christ, you are an overcomer. No matter how you walked in today, in today's service, no matter what your week was like, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're carrying right now, you are an overcomer through Christ. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Everyone born of God, meaning this, meaning that we believe Jesus is the Messiah. We believe that Jesus is the Christ. We believe that Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. Came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was resurrected again. When we believe that, we are born of God. And then because of that, we are an overcomer. Paul says it this way in Romans 8, 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Our identity is an overcomer. Our identity is more than a conqueror through Christ who loved us. Through Christ, you are an overcomer. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about how we overcome fear in our life. How we're called to be more than conquerors when it comes to fear. So let's just think about fear with me. I think most of us, we probably battle fear at some point in our life. So we'll start off, we'll keep a, a, a little light here, and we'll just kind of take a pull. So keep it light here. How many of you love roller coasters? Raise your hand, right? You're like, you're a roller coaster junkie. Yeah, you love it. Okay, now that's where I am. I love roller coasters. I think they're super fun, right? But with, on the other side, there's actually, there's people different than us. It's weird. How many of you can't stand roller coasters? Like they're scary, right? They're fearful of them, right? It's a fear. So my wife, Sarah, and I, I love roller coasters, so we go to amusement parks. So we did for like maybe two or three times. And by the third time we're at an amusement park, I'm like, that was so cool. Did you see this? Or I'm like talking to her about it. I didn't know that she was on the other end of the spectrum of that, right? So she goes, no, I didn't see any of that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I close my eyes on every single ride because I'm so scared of them, Corbin, right? Some of us, we do that. We, we're so scared, there's fear, and what we do is we end up closing our eyes, and sometimes we miss out on certain things, right? So there's a fear. Let's go with another one. How many of you like uh, scary movies or scary shows? All right, we got a couple of you weirdos. I mean, we got a couple of you out there. All right, how many of us, we can't stand them? All right, that's me. I'm like, I'm like mute it when a commercial comes on for a preview. I'm like, no, turn it, turn that, turn the channel, turn it off. Like, throw my, throw my remote at the TV just to make it stop. Like, no, because it's a fear. And the truth is we all have fear. Like fear shows up in our lives in many different ways. I mean, think back as a kid, right? Fear shows up when there's a storm in the middle of the night. So what do we do? We sneak into our parents' room and sneak into their bed. Some of you adults are like, I wish I could still do that, right? But that's what happened. For some of us, for teenagers, maybe there's some fears as far as the, the test that's coming up. Maybe there's some fear as far as our future. Maybe there's some fear even regarding our parents' relationship and their marriage and things, right? There's fear that comes up. As adults, we have fears, right? We have fears of, of maybe losing a job. We have fears about the health of ourselves or the health of the loved ones around us. Right? The truth is fear is prevalent in our lives. And it can be very real. Like it can be, it's a, it's a lot more real than just roller coasters and scary movies. Right? The truth is there's some legit fears that we deal with every single day. And with honest with ourselves, some of us, we're living in fears and it's keeping us from living a life as an overcomer. So let me just give you four fears that, that really kind of, the four top fears that can plague us. The fear of loss, the fear of, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and the fear of the unknown. And think about it, some of us, that's where we're at. We might have the fear of loss right now. 
Right? Some of us, we're hindered by the fear of loss as we walk through this. We, we have a fear that we're going to lose our spouse. We have a fear that maybe we'll, we'll lose a child or a loved one or sibling. We have a fear that maybe we'll lose a parent. Right? For some of us, we have this fear of loss. Maybe it's a, a relationship. We have a fear of, of losing our marriage. We have a fear of losing a close friendship. For some of us, even the loss of our health, we're seeing our health deteriorate. Or we're fearful of our health deteriorating. And we're health, fearful of losing that. We're fearful of losing a job. Maybe even, sometimes this is the fact that we feel like we're losing control and we have a fear of losing control in our life. It's the fear of loss. Others, we, we have this fear of failure. For some of us, for some of us, we stayed in the same place for years and years and years because we fear failure. We feel like it's lurking on the other side and we have this fear of making a mistake. We have a fear of, of messing something up. We have this fear of not measuring up to, to what we think we're supposed to be or what others have said. So we, we don't move. We just get stuck. Right? We have this fear of keeping up and this fear of being inadequate. And for some, it's a, it's a fear of rejection. We live with this fear. Listen, this is the fear that like showed up in like fifth grade when we were passing the notes, check yes or no, but it's lived with us ever since, right? We have this fear of rejection. For some of us, we're not living a life more than a conqueror because of this fear. We have this fear of missing out on things, right? So the, the FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Fear of, fear of not being accepted, fear of, of, of continually being left to the side and pushed to the wayside. Some of us, this is where we are. For some of us, we're single. We have this fear of, of never getting married because we have this fear of rejection. This is where we are. For some of us, the fear of the unknown. The, the unknown is, is the scary the thing that we, we can't face. Right? And for some of us, we're stuck because for some of us, we're frozen. Right? These are some real fields. These are some things that we probably deal with every day. Some of you, this is how you walked in. Some of you are ready for me to stop talking right now because it's coming a little too close to home. Right? You're living in the fear of loss. You're living in the fear of failure. You're living in the fear of rejection and the unknown. Right? We're gripped by these fears and worry. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to understand. God brought you here today to experience His presence. God brought you here today to hear His truth, to hear His word, and to be set free from the bondage of fear. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear. God gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. In fact, if you have your Bibles, go there with me. To 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the Version Bible app. Incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. You can put it on your phone. There's different versions. And if you're old school and you want a hard Bible, we actually do have some Bibles in the Connect Center that you can grab and even take with you as well. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Write this down. Make a note of this. Put it somewhere. If you get nothing else, do get this and, and grasp this today. Right? If you don't ever take notes, take notes today. But 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Understand this. Fear is not from God. God doesn't want us living in fear. And get this. If we call ourselves a follower of Christ, right, we shouldn't be accepting and taking on things that God never told us in the first place. We shouldn't be accepting of what's not from God. God says that you are an overcomer. God says that you are more than a conqueror. You were not made to be in constant worry about loss. You were not made to be timid and never take a risk, to never take a step of faith because you're fearing what's on the other side that you think fear is lurking right there waiting to get you. That's not how you created. That's not what God put on you, right? You were not created to stress out 
about rejection. Understand this. You're already accepted. Right? Through Jesus, you are accepted. Through Jesus, you are an adopted son and child of God. Right? You are not called to be fearful of rejection. And Jesus lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was risen again, not so that you could fear being rejected, so that you could walk in hope, walk in acceptance, and walk in the love of who He is. Right? You're not called to be scared of the unknown. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But instead, he gave you a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. Understand this. You have a spirit of boldness inside of you. You don't have to be timid. You could walk, you could walk with confidence, confidence in the Lord. You have a spirit of love, which means this. Love covers over a multitude of sins. You don't have to walk in fear of your sins coming to creep up and talk about your past. Love already covered that. You walk in a spirit of love. Right? You walk in a spirit of love, and there's no fear in love. 1 John 4.18 says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Understand this, you were made perfect through the love of Christ. You have a spirit of love living and working inside of you. And you have a spirit of a sound mind. Some of us, we drive ourselves crazy, right? We drive ourselves crazy with the worries and the anxieties that come up. Listen, that's not from God. You have a spirit of a sound mind. Fear is not from God. Fear is not from God. In fact, here's what fear is. Some say fear is the opposite of faith, but I want to define it a little bit differently. I want to say fear is putting faith in the wrong things. Fear is, fear is putting focus in the wrong things. Fear is putting our, our, a false hope in the wrong things. In fact, here's what I want us to understand today. Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. Fear is placing focus in the what ifs. Fear is placing a, a false hope in, in, the, in the what ifs, the scenarios that we work up in our mind. I mean, think about it. For us ourselves, there's a lot of times we get lost in the what ifs, right? It's what causes this worry. It's what causes this anxiety. It's what causes this fear. We say, man, what if the, what if the economy completely drops out? Right? What am I going to do? What if? What if that happens? What if I lose my health? Right? What if I lose my job? What if my spouse cheats on me? Right, what, if we, what if we can't have kids? What if something happens to our kids? Right? What if I get in a car wreck? Right? We, we live in these what ifs. We're single, we think, man, what if I never get married? Or worse, what if I marry a jerk? Right? The what ifs can go on and on and on. And what it is, it's fear. Right? Fear is placing faith in the what ifs. And it will keep us from moving forward. It will keep us from living our lives with purpose. And understand this, it's a lie. Fear is a lie. Fear is a lie. It's, the, it's a lie that states the what if. Like basically what if says you plus God is not enough. That's the lie we live in when we think of the what if because we're figuring out the scenarios, thinking that we can work through this, thinking that we can do this, and thinking that it's not enough. But here's the truth. You plus God is always more than enough. You can look back at your life you can probably look and say, this is where I invited God and guess what? He did something incredible. He worked and did something more than you could ever even imagine. But then you can also look back in your life and kind of see places where like, you know what? I didn't invite God and I was trying to work this out. And it wasn't enough. You plus God is always more than enough. We see this in our lives. We see this through scripture as well. In fact, we see this in a life of a guy named Moses in Exodus chapter four. And if you pick this up, Moses was actually in this portion of, of scripture. He was living in some fear. In fact, he's even placing his faith and focusing in 
on the what if. So check this out. Moses, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Moses answered, what if? What if? What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So just a little background on where this is all coming in, a little context of the scripture. Here's Moses, and again, Moses, if you remember his story, Moses is the guy that was placed into a, a basket as a baby, sent down the river to save his life, right? Because at this time, the Egyptian leadership was killing off the Hebrew kids to try to keep control of the population. And by a crazy turn of events, which is also known as the will of God, by a crazy turn of events, Moses floated up to an Egyptian household of a king. And they took him in and raised him in basically the king's home. And then once he grew, he saw that there was some, he saw that there's some injustices happening amongst the Hebrews. So Moses stands up for it and then kills an Egyptian guard, which backfired on him because everybody's like, oh, it was Moses. So he had to flee and then live out in a desert. And then while he's out in the desert, this is where this passage of scripture is picking up. God began to speak to him through a burning bush. And here's what's amazing. Moses was living in fear, right? He's out in the desert living in fear. And this is what fear does to us. It makes us feel like we're completely abandoned by everything around us and in the middle of nowhere, left and abandoned. Like that's really where Moses was living. So God is speaking to him, though, through this bush. And Moses' response was, what if? And what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? Moses was living in fear. And he had this fear, he had this fear of failure. Like, what if I mess this up, God? What if I don't do this quite right? He had this fear of rejection. Like, what if, what if they don't accept me? And he had this fear of the unknown. Like, what if this doesn't quite work out? Again, Moses, instead of placing his faith in God's promise, he was placing his faith in the what if. And what it was, it's a misplaced value. And here's what fear does. It reveals our value and it reveals our trust. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you look at it, maybe for you, you're here today, and maybe for you, what you fear the most is you fear losing your marriage. Guess what? That means you value your marriage. That means that you place your marriage in high regard. That's, that's a good thing, right? Maybe for you, you're here today, maybe, maybe what you fear the most is that something happens to, to your child or something happens to your parent, something happens to a loved one. That means you value that loved one. And again, not necessarily a bad thing. But what we do with it is what matters. Think about what's your what if. What's it showing that you value? What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. But then get this. What you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. This one's a little tougher to take, right? This one's a little tougher to let sink in. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. So maybe you're here today, maybe you again, maybe you fear losing your marriage. Hey, it's good you've placed value in your marriage. But have you invited God into your marriage yet? Have you started seeking Him instead of, Instead of just going through some motions, trying to fix everything yourself, have you invited God into your marriage? Maybe here today, maybe for you, maybe it's your finances. And maybe you fear that you're just not going to make ends meet. Maybe you fear that things just aren't going to be supplied for you. Listen, are you trusting God to be your provision, to be your provider? Are you trusting Him with your finances actually giving? Are you trusting Him to, to maybe even tithe and take that step of, of what He's called us to do and trusting Him completely with it? Maybe that's where you are. If you look at it, the message where Moses was, he wasn't fully trusting God. And here's what's cool. God shows up. And when we don't trust God and we give him an opportunity to work, he always works. Check us out in verse 2 here in Exodus chapter 4. It says, Then the Lord said to him, What's in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. 
Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake, and turned back, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God shows himself faithful. I mean, this is pretty funny in itself. You look at it, here's Moses and he's dealing with fear. So what's God do? He says, throw, give me what you have. Give me your staff. Throw it down. I'm going to turn it into a snake. Like, so right now we're actually going to get some snakes out. And, no, that's not a kind of church, right? But this is like, I, I don't like snakes whatsoever. So God says, I'm bigger than any fear you have. And he does it with something that can be scary in itself. And then he says, grab it by the tail. So you don't grab a snake by a tail. But this is what God says to do. And then Moses did it. And God shows up and does some incredible stuff to him, right? This is God. He's basically saying, you think you have some fear now? Let's, let's check this out. Like, let's just play this. I'm bigger than any fear that you could ever have. I'm bigger than any worry. I'm bigger than any doubt that you ever have. Right? And then it's just in there. In fact, continues on in verse 6, and it says, Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous, and it had become as white as snow. Now, put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if you do not believe, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Right? This is some pretty crazy stuff, but it's showing the power of who God is. Like he's saying, you got some fears? All right, step aside, hold my soda and check this out, right? That's what God's doing. He's showing how powerful he is, right? He's shown how big he is. He's shown that we need to place our faith in him and not the what if. Think about it. What if we realize just how big our God is when it comes to our fears? What if we realize that God's just looking for an opportunity to show off and he uses our fears to do it, and he uses our anxiety, uses our worries to do it? What if we realize that if we fully trusted him, if we were bold enough to trust him, God would meet us in that place of need every single time and just say, watch this. We've got to place our trust in Him. So instead of placing your trust, instead of placing your faith in other things, instead of placing your faith in your hopes and the what-ifs, place our faith in God. And here's how we do this. First, we have to acknowledge our fear. We have to acknowledge where our faith is going, going awry. We have to acknowledge the faith where our faith, where we're putting things in things that, that don't matter, all these false hopes, right? We have to acknowledge the what if you look at Moses, he didn't realize what he was actually doing, but he acknowledged his fear. And he acknowledged his what if. God showed up and he met him there, though. Right? His first line, God, what if they don't believe me? God, what if they don't accept me? He was acknowledging his fears, and then God showed himself faithful. Right? In the middle of his doubt, in the middle of his lack of confidence. And God's used it as an opportunity. Really, Moses gave him that opportunity of pointing it out. Think about your life. Are you giving God the opportunity to show up? Are you giving God the opportunity to show himself faithful? Are we holding on to our fears? Are we holding on to our what-ifs? Are we holding on to these scenarios that we make up in our head? Listen, I want to challenge you to acknowledge your fear. Listen, you can't defeat what you don't define. So you've got to define your fears. You've got to define your what-ifs. So I want to encourage you right now to be honest 
and truthfully acknowledge where fear is setting in. Where the what-ifs are stronger than your faith in God. And give it a name. In fact, right now, I'm going to make you take notes a couple of times today. Right now, if you got a bulletin or if you got a piece of paper, write your fear down. Right? Write, write your what-if. Like, what if this happened? Write it down. For you, maybe it's your children, right? Maybe it's your future. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's the health of somebody you love. Maybe it's how to deal with some aging parents. Whatever it is, I'm challenging you. Write it down. Give it a name, right? Give it a name and write it down. And then remind yourself of the truth. That God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In that circumstance, in whatever you wrote down, you have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, to first service, I even said, let's get a little bit bold. So we'll do it here too. Maybe you wrote something down. Maybe you just stared at me and didn't listen to me and write anything down, but it's in your head. So right now you're going to get it out some way or other. What you're going to do is I just want to challenge you to look at your neighbor and say, and, and give them that fear. Say, hey, you know what? My biggest fear is. And if your biggest fear is sharing it with somebody else, tell them that, right? Right now, do it. I want to hear whispering amongst each other. What we hold on to will always hold us captive. Right? What we hold on to will always hold us captive, so we've got to get it out. Right? And now everybody that's chatty, this is why we push life groups, so that you can talk amongst each other all the time, right? Number one, acknowledge your fear. Number two is to trust God with what you have. Trust God with what you have. To overcome fear, to place our trust fully in Him, we have to trust Him with everything we have. Right? If you look at Moses, Moses first acknowledges fear, then he trusted God with what he had. Right? God asked Moses, what's in his hand? Moses replied, a staff. And then God said, throw it on the ground. So what's Moses do? He throws it on the ground. And then not only that, God says, pick it up. When it turns into a snake, he says, pick it up by his tail. Moses did exactly what God said. He trusted him completely with everything he had. Let me ask you, in the middle of your fear, in the middle of your worry, in the midst of your anxiety, what's in your hand? What do you have that you can throw down and let God do some amazing things with? What do you have? How can you trust God with it? For some of you, it could just be you. Again, if you look at it, God also used Moses' hand. He said, put your hand in the cloak. Right? And then Moses did it. He used what he had. He used who he was. And what's amazing is that God did so much more than Moses could have ever done himself. And the truth is, God can do so much more with what you have than you could ever do yourself. In fact, he can do so much more than you can even imagine doing yourself. So I want to challenge you. Trust God. I said earlier, where you fear the most is where you trust God the least. So the truth is, what you fear may be what you need to give back to God right now. That may be what you have. That may be what's in your hand that you need to give to Him. Right? That you need to give to Him and let God show off. So the truth is, I think God's just waiting to do a miracle in a lot of our lives. I mean, we still serve a miracle-working God. That's who He is. But we have to let Him work. Right? We have to give it to Him. We have to have faith enough to trust Him. Which means a lot of times we need to humble ourselves. Step away from our own plans. Like 1 Peter 5, 6-9 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. See, that's the amazing part. When we humble ourselves, God's going to lift us up in due time, and His due time is always perfect. Listen, we've got stories upon stories of, of how God showed up just at the right time. In fact, I heard a story today about how God should kind of move some things around in somebody's life, and every single part of it fit together perfectly like a puzzle. Like God's due time is better than our time right now. But we've got to humble ourselves. Then it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
I think sometimes we forget that God cares for us. So we hold on to everything. And yes, he cares for you. So cast your worries, cast your anxiety on him. Verse 8 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So when we do this, when we start placing faith in God, we realize that we're not alone. We realize that we're not stuck in the desert by ourselves, but there's others going through the same thing. It's the church, big C, all of us. We're all in this together. And we need to start trusting God with what we have because what happens is he uses everything that everybody has collaboratively and it works and he does some amazing miracles. And he wants to and he's just waiting for us to trust him with what we have. Is there an area in your life where you need to humble yourself so that you can fully trust him with what you have? Or is there an anxiety that you need to cast on God? Is there a worry that you need to cast on him and realize that he cares for you right in the middle of that? Is there an area where you need to stand firm in your faith? Listen, this week I'm going to challenge you. Write it down. Write it down. And this week, instead of in, in morning prayers, instead of just making a list of everything you need, start making a declaration. Say, God, today I'm trusting you with this in this area of my life. I say it over and over and over again. Right? Pretty soon what will happen is you'll start actually trusting in that area. Pretty soon you still, you'll start seeing God work in that area as well. Right? Make a declaration. Right? Make a declaration and trust God with what you have. And then seek Him for help. Number three, seek him for help. If you look at Moses, his fear was failure. His fear was the unknown. His fear was rejection. But his lack, his inability, his weakness was his eloquence in speaking. And really what that was, that was an underlying factor in his fear. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have some, we have some inabilities, we have some weaknesses which stem really into our fears. And we simply need to ask God to help us in those areas. Listen, our help comes from the Lord. So we have to seek it and we have to ask for it. If you look at Moses again, this is what he did. This passage continues here in verse 10. And it says this, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And Moses is like saying, you know what, God? God, I can't talk good, right? That's not correct if you didn't know. But <laughs> this is what Moses is saying. And it's like, it looks like an excuse, but what it is, it's a weakness. There's a weakness, and Moses is asking for help in it. He was seeking the Lord. And listen, God is our help. Our help comes from him, and he wants to help us. So in verse 11, it says, The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak, and will teach you what to say. Listen, that thing that you're worried about, God can give you the help. He can teach us what to do. Right? He wants to do that. He wants to help us. He's willing to help us. But we have to ask. Then Moses, Moses got a little bit specific and he maybe took it a little too far, but we've got to continue on just to finish the story out, right? So verse 13 says, But Moses said, Pardon your servant. Lord, please send someone else. Just a warning. If God asks you to do something, don't ask him to send somebody else. It's not the, he's not going to be the happiest about it. Again, it really goes against number two, trusting God with all you have. But if you look at it, God's still our help. God still wants to help us regardless, and he helped Moses as well. Verse 14, it says, Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. That's not a place where we want to be, where the Lord's anger is burning against us. But God still helped. It says, he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. So I want to challenge you to seek after God. Seek 
his help. Again, this whole series is summed up with the one line, right? Through Christ, you are an overcomer. Meaning this, it's not by yourself. You're not an overcomer alone. You're not an overcomer on your own, but it's through Christ. It's through the power of God. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit, which means we have to ask each and every day. We need to ask God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your power. God, give me your strength so that I can do this. Help me. That's where it's got to start. And listen, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, there's times where I'm weak at this. There's times where I might have a rough week going through some different things. There might be an issue going on and I'll be uh, kind of bummed about it, trying to figure everything out. And then I'll go back and I'll vent to my wife, Sarah, and be like, man, can you believe this? I'm trying to figure this. Do, 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 do. I'll just go off and she'll just simply ask, hey, did you pray about it yet? And I'll be like, man, why'd you go and say that? But the truth is, don't we do that? And there are times where we, we put a whole plan together. We have steps A through Z all ready to go, but we never actually sought God's help. Steps A through Z are going right down the drain because we never asked his help. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Ask for help. We have access to the creator. We have access to the creator of ourselves, to the creator of the universe. We have access to the almighty God who has so much incredible power, but we have to ask for help. Seeking God for help should never be our last line of defense, but rather the first line of offense every single time. So I want to challenge you. Seek God for help. For that, that means we need to pray. For some of us, we just need to step up our prayer life. Get a little more into it. That's how God talks to us. That's how we talk to God. So do it. For some of us, that maybe that means we need to read the Bible. And listen, there's this incredible thing called Google. It's amazing. And you can type in, what does the Bible say about this? And it will give you answers back. Now, you might have to filter through some certain things as far as uh, commentaries and different people's opinions, but go straight to the Bible, right? Jump in. The Bible is God's word for us. And it's, it's set there for us to look at it. But we actually have to open it up and listen. Right? We have to go through it. The Bible app has a, a search where you can search for it as well. If you're old school, you can use a concordance. That's cool too, right? But go for it. Right? Listen to sermons and other podcasts. I want to challenge you. Look for God for help. Seek for help in certain areas. Again, fear is placing faith in the what-ifs. And the what-ifs will never deliver you into a life of an overcomer. So place your faith, not in the what-ifs, but place your faith in God. Place your faith in an eternal God, not just the hope for some eternal fixes. Right? Place your faith in an eternal God, not some temporary what-ifs. Right? Acknowledge your fear, trust God with what you have, and seek him for help. I want to end with a thought and a, a quote from John Wesley, who was a, a famous circuit-riding preacher from the 1700s and the, the founder of the, the Methodist Church. He said this, I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Some of us are thinking like, dude, I'll take me back to the 1700s. That's where I want to live, right? John Wesley, you are on another level, right? But listen, this is why. He said, I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Whenever I feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. Listen, today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to overcome fear, to live a life more than a conqueror, to sit back and thank God that he's still on the throne. Thank God that he's still on the throne of your life. If you would, pull out the connection card and the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you've never placed God on the throne of your life. Listen, to start to live a life as an overcomer, 
To live a life as more than a conqueror. It starts with placing God on the throne of your life. And if you're here today, what I want to do is I want to challenge you to check mark that box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Understand this, God loved you so much that he gave his son to live a perfect life, die on a cross and be risen again for you. And all he asked is he asked us to commit our lives to him. He asked us to, to place him on the throne of our lives. If you've never done that, or maybe you did, but you walked away, I want to challenge you to check mark that box and to believe that God loved you, that he gave his son, and then accept his forgiveness and accept him as the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe here today, maybe for you, maybe God's asking you to, to be an overcomer in the area of fear. Maybe there's some things that you need to acknowledge, right? And then trust him and then seek his help. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write that down and know that we'll be praying with you, be praying for you with those eyes. There's also a place for prayer requests where we would love to partner with you in prayer as well. If you would, take this moment to fill that card out completely, then also get any ties or offerings ready, and then Seth will be up to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening, and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening, and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ let us know what God is asking of you and if you need prayer we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week